How they leapt slantwise through the sky like horses over suddenly held out hurdles of our wishes? Did we have so many? For stars, innumerable, leapt everywhere. Almost every gaze upward became wedded to the swift hazard of their play, and our heart felt like a single thing beneath that vast disintegration of their brilliance, and was whole, as if it would survive them. Raina Maria Rilke, Untitled Two cells become four. Lena tells us that like all cells, this cell on the screen, now already dividing into two and dividing further into four, is born, woman off screen, continued, from From an existing cell. The lower pair separate first, fully erupt. The script says the creature is now halfway through the division, separating into a mirror of itself. The film, of course, has already gotten past that moment. Woman off screen, continued. By By extension, extension... All cells cells were ultimately ultimately born born from one one cell. cell. Four cells, Billy out. Light between them transitions us in an interesting fade to the light of a projector. Two of Lena's students are immediately visible, both female, both with their heads covered. Closest to the projector is a woman with a knit cap. At a glance, there's no sign of hair, and maybe we have a subconscious sense of what we've seen of someone undergoing chemotherapy. To the right, taking notes by hand, though she has a laptop open in front of her, is a woman wearing a Kimar hijab. Woman, off-screen, continued. A, a single, single organism, organism alone, alone on planet, planet Earth, Earth, perhaps, perhaps alone, alone in the universe. universe. Second 13, angle across classroom. The dividing cells are on a screen on the left edge of frame. Two trees are visible through the first of several large panes of glass. The trees are not identical, but they are quite similar. And Garland has used window panes to frame exteriors explicitly before, for example, in Ex Machina, putting Nathan, Donald Gleason, and by extension us in the audience, inside an aquarium of sorts, isolating the natural world outside, like in the scene here, from the artificial interior. Lena is talking about the building blocks of life and, as it will turn out, the destruction thereof, while outside there is thriving greenery that we never really have time to focus on. In Weird Fiction Review, 4th February 2014, Jeff Vandermeer explains his twofold focus for the Southern Reach trilogy. Quote, to explore our relationship to nature and to explore how people react when facing what appears to be the utterly unknowable. There's a confluence between these two types of expeditions, and it comes about because to many, nature is the unknown in some way, or for others, unknowable because we think we know it all already when we're actually just on the cusp of beginning to understand. As I wrote in an answer for an interview with a Hungarian magazine, I think there are so many limiting ways human beings think about nature. Some of us think of nature as there to be exploited, others think of us as being stewards of something more primitive than we are. Still others are enraptured by talking mice in movies and think animals actually might act that way, or are enamored of the romanticism of animals and folk tales. Whereas in fact we live on an alien planet filled with incredibly sophisticated organisms that we only partially understand. The fact that we only know now that plants engage in quantum mechanics during photosynthesis or that sunfish and the albatross have a complex symbiotic relationship shows that our so-called smartphones and other advanced technology is incredibly dull and primitive next to the diversity and intensity of other life on Earth. And so whereas a lot of weird SF seems to be about nature as this threatening other, 
I wanted to explore something else. To the biologist, the strangest of all organisms are human beings, really. And much of what a reader may find frightening about Area X, she finds fascinating, or in some cases even calming. And at least part of the sense of unease and annihilation hopefully comes not from nature, which is merrily humming along doing its thing, but the weight and perspective the human gaze puts upon it, as well as the ways in which nature seems to work, unnaturally, in Area X. This is grounded by another impulse, the autobiographical one, the ways in which we as writers use what we find personal to express something we hope might be more universal. The setting in Annihilation is more or less a transformed version of the 14-mile hike I have done for almost 20 years at the St. Mark's Wildlife Refuge here in North Florida. It is a landscape and a series of transitional ecosystems that have enchanted me, fascinated me, and at times scared me. I've seen a Florida panther in that place, and turned a corner right into the gaze of a bobcat, been charged by a wild boar, seen dolphins swimming up the brackish marsh canals at high tide and had to jump over an alligator on a raised path with water on either side. It's a place where you need to live in the moment, and yet can also, by doing so, be transported deep into memory and catharsis. End quote. And it is worth noting that North Florida is one of the secondary locations where the crystalline outbreak in G.G. Ballard's The Crystal World is said to be happening, though we follow the action in Gabon. Additionally, Ballard's The Crystal World is an expansion on ideas from his short story, The Illuminated Man, which does take place in Florida. Back to the classroom. A man walks by outside, left to right. Numerous students look at the screen or take notes. Lena sits, perhaps a little awkwardly, at the far side of the room, by the windows. Lena continued. About about four four billion billion years years ago. ago. In the script now, the creature completes its division. Immediately, its two halves start the same process again. But the visuals are past that. Lena continued. One One became became two, two two became became four. Angle on students. A black man with glasses, an Asian woman in a pink sweater. Lena, off-screen, continued. Then eight. Sixteen. Thirty-two. Angle on Lena, and I cannot explain what I mean by how she sits awkwardly. She leans to her left slightly, but it feels like maybe she's not familiar with this chair, has never sat in it until this particular take of this particular scene. She wears a blazer over a conservative dress. A metal locket hangs on a chain around her neck. Outside, a woman passes right to left on a bicycle. Lena continued. The The rhythm rhythm of the the dividing dividing pair, pair, which becomes the structure of of every microbe. microbe. Angle on screen, four cells. As Lena continues, the four cells divide into eight. Lena, off screen, continued. Blade Blade of of grass, grass, sea sea creature, creature, land land creature, creature, and and human. Angle on Lena. The structure of everything everything that that lives. lives. In the script, only now do we see Lena. It says, cut to interior Johns Hopkins Medical School slash seminar room, day. Lena Karens, 30 years old, recently completed her doctorate, now teaching a seminar class of first-year medical students. Lena. And everything everything that that dies. Beat. Second 42, angle on students. Particularly... We are on Katie, played by Sonoya Mizuno, with 14 acting credits on IMDb, including her debut as Kyoko in Garland's Ex Machina, as well as Caitlin in La La Land and Araminta Lee in Crazy Rich Asians. Mizuno will be credited here as Humanoid and Katie med student. Born 1st July 1986 in Tokyo, Mizuno grew up in the English countryside with five siblings 
and she studied at the Royal Ballet School in London. Like with the controversy over the casting of Natalie Portman and Jennifer Jason Lee here in Annihilation, Mizuno faced some casting controversy over her part in Crazy Rich Asians. Part Japanese, part Argentinian, part English, some people thought she wasn't Asian enough to play Araminta Lee. In Glamour, 18th October 2018, Mizuno responds, quote, It's annoying because people have a double standard. It's okay for white people to play someone from any country with any accent or background, but if you're Asian, you can only play what your true ethnicity is. It doesn't measure up. People need to be careful about saying things like that, because in thinking that they're being open-minded, what they're actually doing is facetious. At the end of the day, I'm not a political activist. I'm just an actor doing the work that I think I can represent in the right way. I'll keep doing that regardless of what people or trolls might say. End quote. Currently, Mizuno is the beauty ambassador for Shishado's global beauty campaigns, and her next acting role will be in Garland's TV series, Devs, where she will play the explicitly Asian lead, Lily Chan. Regarding the distinctions between dance and acting, Mizuno explains to V Magazine, 7th August 2018, quote, I'm learning to let go of the idea of trying to be perfect. Since ballet has such a solid classical framework, everything is supposed to be a very specific way, so you learn to look at things with an eye towards perfection. But in acting, it isn't always necessarily good to be like that. Really magical things can happen when it's unexpected and messy. End quote. Lena continues. As students, as students of, of medicine, medicine, as the as doctors, the doctors of, of tomorrow, tomorrow, this, this is, is where you come in. Second 48, Angle and Lena. In the script, she's standing and she gestures to the screen behind her, which shows the electron microscope images that we have been watching. In the film, she's still sitting in the chair by the window, uncomfortable. Lena continued. The, the cell, cell we're looking, we're looking at, at is from a tumor. tumor. Second 51, angle on screen, the cells multiply from 8 to 16. Lena, off screen, continued. Female, Female patient, patient, early, early 30s, 30s, taken, taken from, from the cervix. cervix. Over, Over the, the course, course of the, the coming next term, term, in script, Lena is distracted mid-sentence. Lena pauses. A couple of the med students look up from their note-taking, aware of the silence, and see that their tutor, the script already says she has her doctorate, and Katie will specifically call her professor, but as a quote-unquote professor myself, I can tell you that term is a little flexible. And see that their tutor has been momentarily distracted. Her head is turned to the window, where outside above the treetops a full moon hangs in the blue sky. The image of the moon in daylight is gently surreal, arresting because the sky is so cloudless and clear. Almost absently, Lena's hand goes to her neck and her fingers lightly touch a silver locket that hangs from a slender chain. As the silence extends, the students exchange a glance. Then Lena's focus returns, becomes aware she is zoned out. Lena, excuse me. She picks up the thread. But in the film, she is not distracted. There is something deliberately off about her. The uncomfortableness in the chair, a monotonic presentation. But it isn't so obvious. Lena continued. Over the, Over course, the course of the, of the next term, term we, we will be closely, closely examining cancer. She doesn't quite finish cancer before the time runs out for this minute. We spoke. What was it we said? Wordlessly watching, he waits by the window and wonders at the empty place inside. 
annihilation is all we are. Annihilation.